0: Bud Light Seltzer's 5% alcohol, 100 calories, and it comes in four flavors. There's strawberry, lemon, lime, mango, and my go-to, black cherry. They're all super refreshing and perfect when I want something with a little more kick than just sparkling water, you know what I'm saying? Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good.
1: I've been rapping for about 17 years, okay? I don't write my stuff anymore. I just kick it from my head, you know what I'm saying? I can do that. No disrespect, but that's how I am. Hey, you. What's
2: going on? Not too much. You mean not too
0: much? I don't know. I just feel
2: my core. <laughs> just touching my
0: core. Why? I'm standing here touching
2: my core. I, sometimes I like it. Huh. Oh. What are you touching? Just my cord. Just make sure it's still working. still there?
0: Yeah. Everything in place?
2: Yes. Yes. Yes, dear.
0: Oh. Yes, dear. Okay. Are we rapidly changing subjects yeah. now? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, Um. fine. Uh, let's see. What's on my mind? I guess that I am um anticipating imminent parenthood.
2: You're nervous.
0: Oh, jeez. I
2: think it's... I shouldn't say nervous. <laughs> like, yet.
0: I wish somebody would tell the truth out there.
2: What do you mean? Like,
0: man? all right. I see, like, all these actresses and they're they're suddenly, like, they go from actress to parenting expert. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, I spit in my child's mouth and this is how I make them healthy. Or, like, I've st- I'm such a good mom. Like, I've started, you know, a company about being a good mom. Or, like... I, you know, I don't know. They're just like they just take this I'm such a good mom role and they're just such great moms. I'm waiting for someone to be like, "Holy crap, I suck at this. I have made a host of mistakes. Wow, this is hard." You know what I'm You know what I mean? Like I wish someone would say that because I feel like a a hole because I'm just I'm scared now. And it's like, okay, you know, there's no, this is not a a dog that you get from a pound and you return. This is a kid. You know what I'm saying? This is like lifelong. That's it. You don't have a choice. You have to show up. You have to show up. I mean, obviously, the alternative is you're a crappy parent and you, you know, this kid grows up and hates you. That's sort of not what I'm going for.
2: But you've cared for, you've cared for. It's not the same, Janice. Like
0: the other day, I, I went to take out my motorcycle, right? I haven't ridden in a little while, and I was like, I'm getting on my bike. And my mom was like, you can't do that. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? You know how much money that motorcycle costs? <laughs> yeah, you got it. I was you, like, I need to get on that. You have a nice bike. I'm like, I'm getting on that bike. Are you crazy? And she's like, you can't do that. And I, I was like, mom, what are you talking about? And she's like, your life is not yours anymore. Mm. And I realized that it's not. Um it's not mine anymore. Like if something happens to me now, I, you know, I mean, yeah, sure, there's I'm not stupid. I got life insurance, you know, and I'm I'm planning ahead and the will and this and that and assigning guardianships and everything, God forbid something happens, but you're no longer living to please yourself. And that is a complete shift, especially because you realize everything I tell people to do is live for your own happiness, you yeah. know, fight for your happiness. Like you go and you seek out your happiness and you pursue it, you know, just tell everybody to get out of your way. And again, it's not about, I don't want you to hurt somebody in your pursuit of happiness. That's always where I ask you to draw the line is you know, be ethical. Don't right. hurt someone else to get ahead, you know. But, but I'm saying like if you want to do something, and someone else doesn't want you to do it or it threatens them or it's you know it triggers them that is not your problem right pursue your own happiness meet your needs be selfish that's always been my dialogue i don't think you can do that as a parent i'm not saying and again i've lectured people about you know put yourself first put yourself first but i don't i don't know how much you actually can i do think that it is the ultimate sacrifice and as i'm facing down The ways that my life is going to change. Like, you don't get to sit there and, you know, watch your shows on a Sunday night. I mean, I'd be like, oh, hold on. It's my Sunday routine. Let me read the paper and then ride my horse and then go to yoga and then watch six shows. You can't do that. That's not your routine. You know, your routine that day is like, okay, let me get the kids... Up, let me feed them, let me entertain them because it's it's you know, I'm not working today, so let's go to the playground and then let's uh you know, then we're gonna watch cartoons and then they're gonna go to bed whenever they go to bed, and you're, you know, that's it, man. That's your day. So I think it's just that concept of I'm wondering now, where is that balance of um when we live for a greater purpose other than the pursuit of our own individual happiness, that's the shift that I'm having. Whether it's whether you're not a parent and it's just volunteer work, you sacrifice of yourself in that way, mm-hmm. which is something that I'm not unfamiliar with, but that's been on my terms. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Parenting I do. is on the kids' terms. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I just wonder, it's like, I'm questioning... The very meaning of my existence at this point. And I do think that that greater happiness long term is going to come from the rewards of the bond I form with, you know, my kids. But it's a shift. And I'm just anticipating like when my I couldn't get it's like you can't get on your motorcycle. What do you mean I can't get on my motorcycle? And then I was like, Jesus, what if what if something happens to me?
2: So in a way, in a way and, and not to make this sound, but in a way you have to mourn what you you have to allow yourself. It's not like a mourning, but it you is. Have a to, Oh no,
0: yes, it is. It is. I mean, it's like a part of you is dying. Not in it. Not in a. And there's another part of you that's being born, but you are definitely. Yeah, I feel like a part of me is dying. And Absolutely, maybe, and maybe. Absolutely, and I wish to God somebody would say it because I feel like the biggest a hole. You know what I'm saying? Like, everyone's just like, oh, my God, I love things. And, you know, I look at all these actresses and their tweets, and it's like, I'm in heaven, and I love it so much. (laughs) And it's like, I'm sure that I will, but I'm also sure that I'm going to be, because everybody, all my friends are like, oh, boy, you know, you're in for it. Holy crap, is your life going to change? Like, this is going to be hard, Jill. This is going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. And let me tell you, so far, it has been just going through this process to, to manifest children in my life. And that's been hard. So I just think I'm realizing now that I think even though there's that part of you that dies, there's that selfishness that's dying. I do think that the meaning of the love that I'll have for my kids and them loving me back will supersede that. So I I guess what I'm saying is I've always told you guys pursue your happiness, pursue your happiness, put yourself first, put yourself first. And I do mean it. But I'm wondering if that deeper happiness and that deeper meaning beyond financial success, you know, or notoriety. Yes, fame, money, blah, blah, blah. I think that it's so much deeper and that it's the connection you make with the people in your life and the world around you. That has so much more meaning when we live beyond just our immediate needs. I think that there's, I think that's it. I think I think I'm starting to discover the meaning of my life, even though it's an it's seemingly an impossible and terrifying shift for me right now. Am I making any no, you, sense? No, you. you or am you, I you just are, spinning you, completely? You are, but
2: right. But it, it's a head. It that light. You're 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 trying to figure out how it's going to be, but yes, it, and you're not in it yet. I think once you're in it, like right now, you you live a very good life. Oh my God, I'm you have just a lot of fun, and you and, and you completely. work hard, and you can focus on work, and you live a you live a really good life. Like, you uh, you've never complained to me. You're always happy, no, and you're always living life large.
1: So that's you're thinking,
2: right. Wow, I got to put that in a box. Oh, completely. I got to put it in a, and, and so your payoffs of your future life they're not there yet.
0: Like all my friends are planning a trip to Vegas. And then I'm like, Oh, I can't, I can't go. Cause I know by then I'll have kids. I'm like, no, can do. Can't go. What do you mean?
2: <laughs> oh yeah. What
0: do you mean? I can't go. <clears throat> so it's just, what do you mean? I can't get on my motorcycle. What do you mean? And I'm just watching that, like that inner child, that inner child. that's like me, 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 want, want, want now, now, now die. And it, it is fighting, trying to find ways. What if I brought a sitter to Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> you, know,
2: you can't do
0: that. You I can't like, do it.
2: I will akin this to when I stopped drinking, right? Yeah. And, I, and I, so I stopped drinking and I thought, oh, my God, what am I going to how am I gonna go? How am I gonna get through Christmas? What's? what's how am I gonna go to that wedding? How, how am I gonna go? What am I gonna do at a bar? Just stand oh. there with a club? So like it was just impossible to picture. Impossible to me yeah. to figure life without. Woohoo! That's you know? exactly how I feel. And so and so and until until you do it and take that step to the precipice, You know what I mean? And then you realize. <sighs> you know what, I can, I can, not I can do it, but, but it's, it's, I, I I so feel for you at at a different level.
0: And yet I want it more than anything. Please don't think that I don't appreciate this and I don't want it. I do. I just, I would be a liar if, if I didn't tell you how daunting and how I do feel like a part of me is dying and I already see the sacrifices and I, You know, I don't resent them, but I do feel them and I I grieve them and I wonder about them. And I just wish somebody would say it. That's all. So screw it. I guess it's me. I'm saying it. And for anybody who's like, wow, you're a selfish a-hole. You know what? I guess so. I guess I am. And I'm now learning how to not be. Jelly
2: in. What? You're not, you're not, it's, it's a... You're being incredibly honest and incredibly transparent. I just think I've been a
0: fool for all these years, Janice. I think I've been an an ignoramus. And when I tell, you know, put yourself first, put yourself first, nothing's done. I think that there, you know what? There are sacrifices you have to make. You actually cannot have it all. You can't ride your motorcycle and you can't party in Vegas with kids that are new in your home. You can't do it.
2: But you, you can't want, but but you can't have it all. But your philosophy is still true. You still have to take care. If you don't take care of it and put yourself first, right. what help are you going to be to those kids? I guess
0: the I guess the balance is that you know you do have to make sacrifices to have the, to get the, the ultimate goal so it's like if you want children and you want a meaningful relationship with your children well then there's a sacrifice involved just like if you want to be successful in your business well there's a sacrifice you've got to put in the hours you got to work your ass off it doesn't just come you know you've got to earn it so i guess i'm looking at at this you know saying like if i if i want to be a good parent and i want to have a rewarding relationship with my kids i have to earn it I'm going to have to make some sacrifices. I'm going to have to reevaluate my priorities. And I don't get to be a 38-year-old kid anymore that goes to Las Vegas for the weekend or, you know, that uh, rides around on my motorcycle. You know, uh, there's got to be a way to do that. (laughs) Maybe on a track with like armor. You're going to have to get those bikes
2: with the three wheels.
0: Oh, they're so awful. Oh, my God. (laughs) I see people on those. I'm like, what an idiot. Such a oh! May as well get on a Vespa, jackasses.
2: Just get a bike with a sidecar and put kids. The kid, you know, my dad.
0: That's what's so funny. Also, is trying to figure out like where what's safe and what isn't. Because my when I was a kid, my dad had me on his motorcycle. I was like six, sitting on the tank of his motorcycle. Of course, I. (laughs) Can you imagine? Can you imagine that Michael's throws infant on? You know. (laughs)
2: On Ducati, yeah, that's gonna
0: go. That's really gonna. That is gonna make some genius headlines. But you know, anyway, I think I think that
1: it's (laughs)
0: crap. I found the perfect balance, and there's the toddler flying off the motorcycle. Just put the kid on the bike and go. Woo. Um. Anyway, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. I guess I'm just saying. I think maybe as I am matured, as I've matured, and I am maturing, you don't get it all. And there is a certain amount of sacrifice and you have to reevaluate prior- evaluate your priorities and maybe living beyond just yourself mm-hmm. is is way bigger. You know? For I don't sure. Know. We'll see.
2: No. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> We're gonna ne- see. Next week. Yeah, but it's true. I'll be like this. Oh got god, shoot me. <laughs> Jillian, you are in the uh, middle of this. You're uh, right in the middle of it so you can't see, yeah. you can't see in the back you nope. can't see forward no. you can just see right I feel
0: like Thelma and Louise and I'm going off the cliff no. I'm like no I do I'm like here we go oh my god it's coming oh crap and now it's like you know it's happening
2: just look down and see where your feet are and that's okay.
0: are okay thanks Janice I'm in here with you what the hell does that <laughs> say Son of a bitch! I feel worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah all right. Hey,
2: you know what? What? Your mama's coming. Yeah, and she's
0: gonna. Yeah, let me tell you. She's gonna tell you how awful it was being my parent. <laughs>
2: no. No, but she has got some really cool things. To I'm talk ready. About.
0: Good. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: My favorite girl wanna leave me just because I got a girlfriend My freak girl told me now nah, she a Christian My white girl wanna move back to Michigan okay. I'm pulling girls off the bench like a six man I'm in the club doing the same old two-step While I'm makers doing the same old two-step I had my money on my mind, I was picking green She had pledged, aka she was picking green I want a good girl, she want a gentleman saying You a asked
0: for it, like and sentiment. now you're gonna get it. My mom, Joanne McCarris, who's a renowned psychoanalyst and psychotherapist, is going to be on the show to talk to us about compulsive overeating, what it's about, why it manifests in some of us, and some tips for how to manage it. So, mom, welcome Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. uh, So many people have asked me to have you on. On my Facebook, on my Twitter, uh, on JillianMichaels.com. They've, of course, enjoyed you on the Wellness Cruise and on The Biggest Loser and on previous radio shows that I've done. So uh, here we are. And one of the things they really want to understand is the concept of compulsive overeating Mm -hmm. as an addiction. So my first question to you is, if I'm a person that has a couple too many slices of pizza, right? Or, right. you know, the dessert after dinner. What's the difference between somebody who does that and somebody who is a compulsive overeater?
1: Oh, boy. That's a big, big difference. First of all, the person who occasionally has too many pieces of pizza or indulges in a dessert once in a while after dinner, that's occasional behavior, and it's not self-destructive behavior. Whereas the person who's a compulsive overeater, now we're talking about a pattern of behavior, a pattern that's chronic, it's fixed, it's pervasive, and it negatively affects all aspects of the person's life, from physical ailments, uh, to psychic distress, to interpersonal problems with relationships.
0: All right, so... Here's where a lot of people get into trouble that that I've worked with on this issue Uh, from a, from a fitness perspective, they beat the crap out of themselves because they feel like they're ashamed of the fact that they can't control it, that they don't have the willpower and they think they're weak and they think they're pathetic and you know, what's wrong with me. And I'm just not strong enough to say no. And, and it becomes obviously this vicious cycle of self-loathing. Is it a matter of willpower? Is it that simple?
1: No, first of all, absolutely not. But let me say uh, to begin with what you just described, the self-loathing and how they feel so much shame because they feel they should have the willpower. It's that self-loathing and shame that's part of the core of the compulsive overeater's psychic makeup to begin with. But, you know, people don't really get this. And they talk about willpower. This is an addiction addiction. And, you know, for people who uh, don't get it, I want you to imagine, all of you, that you have maybe the worst insect bite you've (laughs) ever had in your life. And it is itching and Uh, driving you insane. And you have to scratch it. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but when that happens to me, I can't resist scratching it because it's driving me nuts. Okay? It's that kind of terrible Compulsion—it's it, not something that one can say, "I'm simply not going to do it." That's why they need professional help. So you know, it's a—it's an addiction, just like alcoholism, just like gambling, and the addiction—it it functions in the same way as any other addiction. In other words, how it serves the individual is mainly to self-medicate and ward off overwhelming and really painful feeling states. And so it's not about willpower. Absolutely not. Can it's you, an addiction. Can
0: you tell me how somebody defi- – how do I know, okay, I am – it's like, you know, when you see someone finally admit they're an alcoholic, right? Because yeah. Or, like, you know, we've all known alcoholics, and it's like, I'm not an alcoholic. I only drink on the weekends. Uh, I'm not an alcoholic. I can give it up when I want to. Or, you know, how do you go from, well, you know what, I just love food. To the place where, what are the warning signs of saying, wow, this is an issue. I'm a compulsive overeater. Having that sort of come to Jesus moment. What what are the signs?
1: I can give you that list of warning signs, but that come to Jesus moment isn't going to happen just by hearing me list the warning signs. It's going to happen when the person finally hits the wall mm-hmm. with some kind of crisis and catastrophe, just like the alcoholic. But having said that, let me give you a list of some of the major warning signs First of all, uh, some of the warning signs that one is a compulsive um, overeater, there are frequent episodes of binge eating, generally speaking, every day, sometimes more than once a day. The person feels distressed and upset during or after the binging episode and feelings of guilt, remorse. Um, They eat when they're not hungry. They may eat sensibly with others, but They binge when they're alone. They look forward with pleasure and anticipation to the time when they can be by themselves and binge. They secretly plan binges ahead of time. They market to get those foods for those binges with that in mind. Wow. They're they're not eating because they're hungry. They're eating to escape painful feelings like anxiety, stress, loneliness, also, people who are um, compulsive overeaters, they're generally dieting all the time. They're constantly battling their feelings about food. I mean, it's, it is is a major preoccupation, if not the major preoccupation in their lives. And often people who are um, compulsive overeaters, they've been told by a physician at some point in their life that weight is a major issue and that it's endangering their health. So if those if you can answer yes to maybe two or more of those questions, let's say three or things on that list. Those are some pretty serious warning signs.
0: You know, I was going to ask you what was at the root of this, but you talked about how, you know, feelings, emotions that you're trying to manage and cope with. Um, so, so that makes perfect sense. But I, I think that with people who are compulsive overeaters, there's a tremendous amount of shame because they feel like, oh, wow. You know, everyone can see my issues and, uh, you don't really see that in somebody who's an alcoholic so much or who spends too much money or who has a sex addiction or who turns to other coping mechanisms other than food. They don't wear it physically for the whole world to be aware of. Why do you think some people go to food versus alcohol versus overspending, gambling? What is that? That's what I really want to understand because I think there's a shame for those of us that turn to food.
1: Well, believe it or not, there is a shame with all addictions. Shame is at the core of all addictions. Um, You've asked, though, kind of the $64,000 question because we still can't really say for sure why some people turn to food, why some people turn to alcohol. Um, There could be a genetic predisposition as to why some people develop this addiction and not that one. However, what I can say about the root causes of um, uncontrollable eating is that compulsive eaters, it's highly correlated with some type of abuse in the person's past, in their childhood. It can be physical, it can be sexual, it can be emotional. And because of that abuse, the person's needs to have healthy attachment, a secure and loving, healthy attachment with their parents was severely compromised so that most compulsive overeaters are battling with a terrible sense of emptiness inside. So they're eating both to try to fill up that emptiness, which of course can't be filled up right. with food yeah, as well as to self-medicate from feelings of despair that are threatening to emerge. Right. Does okay. that make
0: any sense? It makes, it makes perfect sense, obviously. And I, I've, I'll never forget on a podcast, I had a caller and he said, no matter how much I eat, I'm never full. And it, and it's, yeah, it was that, that pervasive emptiness, obviously, that he was experiencing
1: clearly emotionally. It's not a physical hunger. It's an emotional hunger. Right. And it's emotional hunger that this person has battled with all of their lives. Only they don't understand it. They're confused. They don't get it. And so this is what has to be addressed. So mom, is, oh, so,
0: sure. I'm sorry, mom. Go ahead. No, no, no. Please. No, no, that's all right. Well, what, what I was gonna say is, all right. So now I'm listening to you, and I've identified myself as somebody who struggles with this issue. Okay. Uh, what do I, what do I do? People don't know what to do, and it's as you and I both know, it's not as simple as, oh, you know what? Eat less, move more, or everybody would do it, and they're not. So what do they do? What is the first step?
1: Well. In my opinion, the first step is to reach out for professional help.
2: Yeah.
1: This is a very complex, profound issue, and many of the underlying dynamics are largely unconscious. So, you know, to say someone can treat themselves when their issues are unconscious is an oxymoron. It's not possible. And these individuals are often struggling with deeply repressed feelings of terror terror, rage, feelings that they've been defending against all of their lives. Yeah. Obviously, if these are feelings that they could have dealt with on their own, they would have, they dealt wouldn't with have them. the issue to begin with. Right. So they need two components. They need a behavioral component. That's something, Jillian, that I've seen you offer where they yeah. get educated about nutrition, about yes. exercise. Controlling um, about their
0: environment, building a support a system. system. Yeah.
1: exactly. All of that. Then they need to be working with somebody like me who helps them work with the psychodynamics because they can't uh, really consider themselves recovered until they have the ability to understand their motives, understand what triggers them and where it's coming from, identify and clarify issues and feelings, be able to appropriately express those feelings as well as to be able to learn how to tolerate one's feelings more because when you can't tolerate your feelings, you're going to act impulsively. Right. And, and the last thing that I, thing I you know
0: what that's about, not even just with food, you act impulsively and you do massive amounts of damage in your life. No matter yeah. what area it is. Yeah,
1: exactly. And yep. but, uh. Uh, most, one of the most important things that they have to learn how to do and believe me, This sounds much easier than it is. They have to learn how to reach out for help and support appropriately. And this, for most people in this category, feels impossible because you have to understand, as children, when they reached out for help and support, they were shamed or they were ignored or they were abused. So for them, reaching out is something that's dangerous and shameful and means they're weak. So they have to relearn that reaching out is is healthy and that as it's part of being human, we all need to reach out for help and support at yeah. times. So this is why it's so critical to get professional help. You just can't do it on your own. I mean, you may be able to have certain coping mechanisms on right. your own, but you can't recover. A coping mechanism is a band-aid. It's not the same thing as the deeper work as healing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, one more question mom and then I'll let you go. Um if I don't have the money for professional help, what are my options? Can I go to OA? How do I uh how do I find a low fee therapist? Can you give me some tips on that real quick?
1: Okay. Um, you can go to Overeaters Anonymous. Yes, um, that can definitely help. Uh, any kind of um, group you can find, even something like Weight Watchers, can be helpful. Okay. But what I suggest there are low fee counseling centers, and there are even low fee counseling centers that specialize in eating disorders, where they will charge you anywhere from a dollar to ten dollars, depending upon your income. Wow. So there's really When somebody's ready, there's no excuse not to get professional help. And what I would suggest is they go online and they start Googling for sliding scale counseling centers. Thanks,
0: Mom. In their area. Okay.
1: And then that will be the beginning of what hopefully will be some research. They'll get some names. They start calling. If one center perhaps doesn't have an eating disorder program, they'll give them the name of another one that might they can ask their doctors. They can ask their churches. They can call hospitals. But there are almost in every community, or within reasonable driving distance, there's a sliding scale, uh, low fee clinic. If they can't afford regular, psych- private practice psychotherapy. No, Mom. Um,
0: we haven't really discussed this, but you know, you run a private practice. You you don't have a website, uh, and oh. you haven't had time to write a book since you're writing your doctorate. So, uh, are you taking patients right now? Should I give your, do you have, should I give, if someone wants to get in touch with you, we didn't Was talk about the, this. <laughs> I host. do this with every professional, but I just, you're my mom. You so
1: I, off this phone number, honey. So is it okay to,
0: to put it number. out there? It's, yeah, it's okay to put it's, it out uh, there. It's, uh, three, what is it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice, Jillian. Very Nice. Yes.
0: I have the home number, Mom. I've got the bat line, for God's sake.
1: Can I put you to the spot and ask you what my home phone number is? No. no give, give me the, the office phone. number. I don't know yours by heart. It's in my phone. What's like, the office what
0: number? Saying. Okay. It's 310-207-0079. Yeah. I, I did yes. know it. 310-207-0079. So if there's anybody out there um, who wants to talk to my mom about this, that's her office number. Good luck with that, mom. And <laughs> and thank you so so much, of course, for being on Year Rockstar.
1: And you're my mom, which makes you even better. Love mm-hmm. you. Thank you, sweetie.
0: Love you, mama. Dirty pop. Yo. <laughs> Bt. Sick and tired of hearing all these people talk about. What's the deal with this pop life? And when is it gonna fade out? The thing you got to realize, what we're doing is not a trend.
2: You're wheezing again. I know. Oh, God. what What's going on? I'm ready to give you a segment here. Okay, yeah, I'm ready. For
0: All right, segment. so are you ready? This is... uh so you wanted a short one, right?
2: I want a shorter segment, like okay. a snappy one.
0: A snappy one. All right, this is all over the place, because here's what it is. It's a bunch of uh, it's a bunch of tips that I had put together for Facebook, which I guess I won't use on Facebook now, because you want a short, snappy segment.
2: Well, so, I, yes, I would. Fine,
0: I guess I'll just use it for now. I'm going to write that down. It's all down. over the
2: place, though. It's I don't this... want
0: to hear it from you that it's like,
2: short, snappy segments. Yeah,
0: both. OK, ready? Right. I'm ready. OK, so the first one is what to look for in your yoga instructor. Ready?
2: Oh, in the instructor, not the class.
0: No, the instructor. Well, it's sort of the same thing. Okay. Okay. First things first, with your instructor, check their credentials. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because oh, people like like the kettlebell. I'll never forget. I did two DVDs, right? A kettlebell DVD and a yoga DVD. And I worked with um, the woman who created the kettlebell concepts criteria to put the kettlebell dvd together and um simultaneously i worked with a yoga work certified trainer to put the yoga dvd together but the kettlebell community was like you bitch how dare you i subsequently (laughs) by the way spent the the one day getting my kettlebell certification where they teach you four moves but i was like okay no problem but it's like the yo by the, the yoga certification goes on for weeks weeks and weeks and weeks and the i was like waiting for the yoga community to come out and go wait a minute now you know you don't have a yoga certification and i was ready to say no i work with the following trainers to put this together and make sure it was everything was you know sound and safe. but the kettlebell i was like oh okay literally i kid you not the kettlebell certification is a day a day of your life
2: wait you have to stop for one second what why how can you say the kettlebell community and not laugh oh to I mean it just isn't no, this not visual kidding. of people in skirts seri- and skirts. aprons carrying their kettlebells around. No men. Re-
0: no, no, no. It's men. Men, 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 men. The kettlebell community when I say that I refer to like mostly men. Serious. Women do kettlebells, but they're not like
2: and they're like, the men the, are about communi- it. Well,
0: oh, happy. yeah, they are. Just like CrossFit's a community. Boys, in particular, get like real sort of propri- proprietary over their fitness. Wow. They're just, they can be a little, men can be tough sometimes. So, All right. only Sorry. in this area. Yeah. Only in this area. So, well, no, men can be tough in other areas. But with that right. said, so can women. So that's fair. Uh, but so, my my point is that you know my what i'm trying to say is that we gl- we gloss over it's, your trainer can teach you get you in the gym and have you do kettlebell swings right or and they can, right. they can get you in the gym you can they'll do crossfit stuff with you and that's What's your certification? What's your certification? But the thing that is, mo- in my opinion, the modality of fitness that truly requires separate training, that you can't just be a trainer in a gym and go, mm, show me that kettlebell swing. Oh, it's that simple? Okay, got it. I mean, really, it is that simple. Kettlebells are simple, truly. Yoga, not so simple. It's a practice that's been evolving for thousands and thousands of years. Right. And it wasn't originally about fitness. It was about meditation. So they're like let's get in the most uncomfortable position possible and then find zen. And it's evolved to become a fitness practice, but you need to know how to manipulate those forms and and to essentially modify the practice based on your needs. So having a teacher that has the proper credentials is really important. Now, you can go to a yoga works facility and you're you're pretty much good to go. I really like yoga works, but if they don't teach at yoga works, find out or you know, maybe they were certified at Yoga works and teach elsewhere. Um, you know one of my friends was certified at Yoga works and taught at a place called Updog. But see where they got their certification from. Uh, another great certification is the Yoga Alliance certification is a good one and ask them how many hours of training they had. They need to have had at least two hundred hours of training. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's really important because it just there's so many different poses and so many different modifications and so many different adjustments. And um, so there's that. And I want you to arrive at the class 10 minutes early to talk to the teacher and say, like, I've got a hip problem. I've got a shoulder problem. i got a back problem. Ask them to be savvy and show you how to modify the poses in the class so they're just aware of you. That's super important. And if you're in the position and it generates pain, do not push through the pain.
2: Yeah. You
0: want to get injured? Push through a pose in yoga. Push through the pain in a yoga pose. Forget it. You'll screw up your hips, your knee, your wrist. Your, you know. Don't push through the pain of a pose. If you cannot do it, do not do it and modify accordingly. There, there's that tip. Set that down. That's why when you
2: take off your shoes at yoga, you also put your ego in them too. I just made that up. Oh my god. Oh, put your ego in your shoes. I just made that up good stuff. That's good. Oh, would you like to continue? Yeah. I'm going to have a sip of water. Think of something else brilliant to say.
0: Janice <laughs> is just going to quit and start
1: doormats by Janice. I, I think These she should. Put your ego in
2: your shoe. When you enter in the yoga studio, put your ego in your shoe. That's beautiful. Oh, God. <laughs> right, She's
0: writing more. it down, actually.
2: And wheezing at the same time. Yeah, okay.
0: I'm so embarrassed for you. I can barely stand it. Don't
2: be. I can handle it. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Next one. So for those of you that are working on lifting more, uh, there was a study in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning that basically said shoes with rock-hard soles help you squat more effectively because they allow you to exert more vertical force on the ground. So, like, you know, when you're running, you've got probably a pretty cushiony shoe. But when you're lifting, doing Olympic lifts or what have you, supposedly, the thinner and harder the sole, the more power you're going to have. Because you're not absorbing your power in the sole of your shoe. Hmm. I don't lift heavy weights, personally. I'm a bodyweight training kind of girl with light hand weights. But some people like to, you know, hoist that weight around. Okay. If you want to build a better core, not just aesthetically, but functionally, you want to sculpt a, quote, killer core, movement-based exercises are critical. So like instead of static, just plain static contractions, um, even though planks are great, but a movement that's dynamic, adding more dynamic okay. movements, to your teen or like isolating your abs with crunches or things of that nature. You're better off doing like a lunge and a chop or, uh, for example, a squat swing, anything that's more functional and dynamic and multidimensional So you're not just going front to back, side to side. You're moving in a three-dimensional way. Uh, You're using multiple muscle groups simultaneously that's forcing your body to synergize and stabilize through core strength will yield the best and fastest results. Hmm?
2: No, that's cool. Okay. Yep. All right. And quite friendly. I thought so. we are back and uh, naomi is waiting to talk to you awesome naomi what's going on
1: hi there hi how buddy are you?
0: i'm good thank you how are you
1: great so my question for you is that i recently lost 30 pounds congrats and yeah and i'm looking to build some muscle now and so everybody's always pushing protein powders and so
2: hmm.
1: i'm just kind of wondering why people push it and you know What's in it? Is it going to be
0: good for me? Or Okay, that, that, that is a complex question. Um, simply because, like almost everything in life, none of, these are not created equal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's soy protein powder, which I consider terrible for you. Uh, there's whey protein powder, but some people are vegan. But whey protein is considered the most bioavailable. Um, there's hemp protein powder which is great for vegans, or pea protein powder, which is, again, slightly less effective than whey. But, you know, if you're vegan, it's a good option. There's uh, egg protein powder. And, you know, truthfully, if you are going to supplement and you're not vegan, whey is the way to go. If you are vegan, then I would go with um, the hemp and always, always avoid the soy. And then a lot of people like the egg protein and they suggest they get great benefit from it. Um, to me, it's like with the egg in the way I would go whey because it's just, like I said, the most bioavailable. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are lactose intolerant, it's a misconception. There's very little lactose in whey protein powder. Um, now, if people push it on you, it's just because it's a good snack option. Uh-huh. Um, I, I use it for two different things. If For people that are trying to lose weight, I use it as a snack or a meal replacement. Because it's like, okay, you're getting, you know, you're getting pure bioavailable protein. And then I add stuff into it, like some berries, some coconut milk. So I get, you know, if I'm making a meal out of it, I'll add yogurt or this or that. And you get, you get the protein. You get the antioxidants. You get all this stuff. If you're a bodybuilding and you want to pack on muscle, well, you need the excess calories. It then becomes a way to get more calories into the diet. Yeah. So while protein does help you build build muscle, it's actually not, believe it or not, um, that's not, the amino acids are helpful and you need them to build protein. But there are two things in addition that help you build muscle. And that is number one, overloading the muscles with your fitness. Mm-hmm. So in that case, you want to reverse uh, the the philosophies and the principles that you used to lose weight. You want to lift heavier for less reps and overload the muscles and simultaneously you need to eat more calories than you're burning if you want to add size okay. so you need to eat and what i tell people is eat about 10 percent more than you're burning okay. and it's called calorie partitioning so what we're doing is when you lift heavy mm-hmm. and you let's say you burned 2000 calories that day and you eat 2200 you're telling your body, take that excess 200 calories and rebuild my muscles, make them bigger, add on mass. So it won't get stored as fat because it is going specifically to muscle rebuild, recovery and repair. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a bodybuilder, right? And I'm just eating like excessive amounts of calories, i am going to become fat? Mm-hmm. I'm, without exercise, I'm sorry. If I'm eating, eating 5,000, 6,000 f- 5, 6, calories a day, I'm going to be enormous. But if I'm a bodybuilder, and I'm eating 5,000, 6,000 calories a day, I'm going to become enormous, but with enormous muscles, not enormously fat.
1: Okay, so So, what about the, um, like, fillers and stuff that they put in the powder? Yeah,
0: okay. So the quality of the protein powder is key, Um, and they, they range. So, for example, it depends on how expensive you want to get. So, like, I have a whey protein powder, and it's all natural, and there's no artificial anything in it, no artificial colors, no artificial flavors, no nasty preservatives. However, I wanted it to have branched-chain aminos, and I wanted, you know, all of that in there. Like, if you get into that range, Jillian, you're going to get out of your customer's price point. Mm -hmm. So, in a perfect world, would I love to see it have that? Yes, but you're talking price point. So, like, there's a brand that has, like, the branched-chain aminos and, like, all the crazy, you know— Biochem has that, but it's expensive. Then there's a brand like mine, which has nothing crap in it, nothing bad, but it doesn't have the branch chain amino's. So it's good, but it's not the ultimate. Then you get into things that are complete crap, with you know high fructose corn syrup and artificial sweeteners and all yeah. that junk. And I'm not even going to name the brand because I don't need a lawsuit. So it, you know, my my point is just I want you to just make sure. Your best bet is if you can't afford ultimate ultimate, then uh, make sure it doesn't have artificial colors, preservatives, sweeteners, you know, junk in it. That's going to be that's going to be the key. And a whey protein powder will be just fine. But you and the end of the day, you don't need it, by the way. It's convenient. It is convenient. It's a convenient way to get the calories in and add the protein, but you don't need it. You can have a chicken breast instead. Okay. So it's just variety, and it's just if you want to make yourself a protein shake, it's convenient, easy, and bioavailable, but it's also completely not necessary.
2: Okay, awesome. Thank you.
0: My pleasure. (laughs) Have a great day. You
2: too. Okay, we got (laughs) to (laughs) go. That was a horrible goodbye. I haven't said goodbye. I just said we got to go. It was like it had zero
0: context and zero feeling. Why don't you say it like you care?
2: I do care. Like you
0: you're, you're going to miss.
2: We got to go. We have to go. Please don't. Please don't do this to me. Please don't do the silence. Let's do 30 seconds of silence or let's fart our way out. <laughs> don't even go there. It's been a long day. Just say be nice and say goodbye because you're a little testy. Come on now. Don't do the silence. <laughs> I'll never forget that day. Let's just stop, stop, talk for a minute. Oh, really, Jillian? Jake, you don't talk either. Let's all just be quiet for a minute. Oh, that'll be stellar radio. I was trying to prove that's a point. fantastic. I was making a point.
0: I can't remember what it was now, but at the time yeah, it was I real. Yeah. Obviously. All right, fine. If you're gonna make fun of me, I will say goodbye. Okay. All right. Not gonna give an audience, you and audience, for that. (laughs) I'm not gonna do that.
1: 22.